I have so much to be thankful for. Like you have a body that is fit enough to do this. A lot of people don't have that luxury. You know, you have the luxury of being able to financially manage this. You have the luxury of having friends to do it with. You have family to support you, family that is taking care of your kids. There's so so much to be grateful for. Why are you feeling unhappy that you didn't beat this time? Basically, it was exercise. Of course, it was almost 90 minutes of exercise, 90 to 120 minutes of exercise a day. Obviously, sleeping well, and then basically food and food restrictions was. I like to break it down to one simple strategy of saying no to Sam. And Sam, I treat it like a bad boyfriend. You have to break up with Sam, and he, you know he's a boyfriend that keeps coming back into your life, but you have to keep saying no to him. I am Venki, a working professional in IT as well as an amateur masters athlete and a coach for endurance sports. You are listening to the Working Athlete podcast. Here I talk to working athletes from all walks of life and experts from various sports to provide you with inspiration, training tips and lifestyle advice. If this is something that interests you, I have a small request from you. Please subscribe to the channel on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also let me know what you like and what you would like to listen to more of by commenting in the comment section on YouTube. I promise to do my best to improve with each episode and bring you the best content that helps you and me get better each day. In this episode we talk to Nirupa Shankar, joint director of the Brigade Group, a mother of two and an Ironman finisher. She shares about her experience of balancing life as a corporate leader, an involved mom and as a triathlete. She also shares her experience of shedding off nearly 25 kilos not once but twice after childbirth and getting back to fitness she was very candid about her athletic abilities and it comes across as a refreshing and pragmatic approach to fitness she shares practical tips based on her experience and i found quite a few of them very interesting for myself including the one about breaking up with sam who or what is sam you ask listen from her directly This episode is brought to you by The Bike Affair. If you are in search of a one-stop destination that caters to all your cycling needs, our today's sponsor, The Bike Affair, is the perfect place to check out. I have known the founders of The Bike Affair, Krish and Gokul, personally for nearly 15 years now. In fact, my first century ride was with Krish back in 2008. They are both exceptional human beings and entrepreneurs that believe in providing exceptional service to their customers, and it shows. With over 14 years of experience, the Bike Affair has established itself as a trusted source offering honest advice and exceptional service. They are offering a special treat for the listeners of this podcast. You can enjoy a 10% discount on your first order by using the code BIKEYWENKY on their website. So if you are in Hyderabad, visit their store in Kondapur or if you are anywhere else in India, shop online by using the link thebikeaffair.com i will leave the link in the show notes now enjoy the podcast hi niripa welcome to the working alert podcast hi. thank you for having me nice so uh, niripa uh, what i wanted to uh, you know 
uh, talk about uh, with you is um, of course your uh, experience uh, you know of uh, completing uh, um, iron man recently of of course let me start by congratulating you for that thank you uh, but also you know talk about your triathlon journey and um, also a bit about your work um, and uh, how you manage uh, all uh, work yeah. home and uh, you know the sport right but um, let us start by talking about um, what was your relationship with sport growing up if any yeah so i think uh, growing up i always loved sport um i think early on i i was dunked into a pool and i used to do summer camps in a pool never really picked it up very well uh, swimming uh, but i used to play basketball i think from the age of maybe 10 to about 18 is when i played basketball uh, so i played for my school and both my schools my uh, sophias and aditi so i co-captained the team at sophias and captained the team at aditi and then i think from 18 to almost 34 i really didn't have much of i was really not in touch with sports i think i would go to the gym do something here and there uh, maybe go for a small jog 5 km 3 km very short distances and i really started um, getting back into my sporting journey only post 34 35 nice yeah. nice yeah, yeah. so when i know how how did that uh, happen like how did you um, how did the thought of getting back into sport uh, you know come in yeah so what happened was i think after my uh, eight in my 12th grade I, like i was saying i was playing a lot of basketball i got to a point when i was 18 and during the summer holidays i couldn't even climb a flight of stairs because my knees were paining and i think it was because i had something called a runner's knee like a little bit of patella tendonitis right and because of that i would go to multiple physios they would tell me you know uh, strengthen your glutes do this do that and nothing really helped so then i just started going to the gym to strengthen all the muscles around my knees mm-hmm. and that's all i kept it at and as long as i could r- run about 4 5 kilometers pain free i was quite happy with mm-hmm. that uh then of course got married at 28 or so had my first child at uh, 33 and uh, i think i gained a lot of weight during my pregnancy about 25 23 kilos right. or so so i was really really heavy uh, for my frame that was that was a big big amount for my frame so in order to lose that weight i started again going back to the gym and uh, because of that i started doing some running and again my knee pain had subsided with all the gym training but uh basically if you want to run pain free you have to like stretch you have to strengthen you have to foam roll you have to like even ice it so the advice was why don't you swim do some bit of swimming as well to sort of offset or reduce the inflammation of the running mm. so get into a cold pool and just swim for like 15 20 minutes um so basically i was a bit doing a bit of swimming and a bit of uh, running uh, um, to help me with some cardio to help me lose all that weight so that's how i restarted my uh, fitness journey and then i got really fit i think i had touched a, a peak of 83 kilos right and, uh, i sh- not only shed the 23 25 kilos that i gained uh, because of pregnancy but i shed some more and i was actually at my 
peak peak fitness when i was about 35 mm. like you know uh, i reached about 53 kilos and i was like probably really at my for, peak yeah. of fitness then so mm. that was about five, six years ago <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. so when you what was let us uh, spend a little bit of time on that period yeah. uh, of uh, losing weight and, yeah. you know what were the things that you uh, focused on apart from weight training um, what were the kind of uh, you know maybe any dietary st- yeah. stuff that you were uh, you know taking care of yeah. so that you know business can benefit from it. I probably have to take my own advice now again <laughs> to get back to my peak fitness. But right now I'm actually thinking about that myself. I'm like what did I do at that point in time to get to that fitness and I'm trying to get back to a shape that is better than my what I was when I was 35. And basically it was exercise. Of course it was almost 90 minutes of exercise, 90 to 120 minutes of exercise a day. Uh it was obviously sleeping well um and then basically food and food restrictions was i like to break it down to one simple strategy of saying no to sam and sam i treated like a bad boyfriend you have to break up with sam and he, you know he's a boyfriend that keeps coming back into your life but you have to keep saying no to him and sam is sugar alcohol and maida And now I want to add another M to it and say milk. So I want to make it Sam with a double M and say sugar, alcohol, maida, and milk. If I think if you remove these four things from your diet, I don't think uh, you'll ever gain weight. You know? Right. So um, breaking up with Sam actually helped you. <laughs> I mean, that's what that. it did. That's what it took. Mm. And I think I, I, I have a work. life which is very very hectic and i'm also in the hotel space which has a lot of food and beverage but every time some chef leaves new chef comes they want to impress you they constantly sending food any festival they sending you sweets uh you're constantly doing food trials um i sit in long meetings and you know the first thing the meeting has is like cookies for everybody to right. you know so i realized i had to say no to a lot of food multiple times in a day so what would happen is i would say no okay no cookies in the morning 11 o'clock no 12 o'clock no and then maybe after lunch okay no cookies post lunch you know it could be 3 4 5 but at 5 o'clock even if i said no 10 times before but i gave in the 11th time and i said you know at and i ate the cookies at 5 o'clock i would see no change right so literally it was like how do you eliminate all these things from your from your life mm. and growing up for me i never had a weight issue as little overweight here and there like maybe 4 5 kilos here and there but right. nothing drastic mm. so food was never an issue for me i never had to control my food because i always had a lot of activity in my life right so i was constantly running gymming whatever right. playing sport i remember post school like i would come back and eat like half a loaf of bread with like butter and you know jam on it and i just never had to control food and the first time i started controlling my food was at 35 and i got to crazy fitness levels and i maintained those fitness levels i think till i had my second child mm. and after my second child again i gained 25 kilos right and i i think i got rid of it got rid of actually everything mm. using the same principle right but i think like progress is never linear and then i feel like in the last few months i've gained a bit more weight mm. after the iron man i think i took a break and in those two months of pretty much going from 14 hours of activity to like 
three hours or two hours of activity in a week right. again i sort of gain some weight so it's constantly a right. battle that we are all dealing with correct <laughs> correct you know it's a constant battle that is very true yeah. but um, you know you mentioned right in a in the kind of work that you workspace yeah. you are in yeah. you know long meetings are a thing and then um, you know the hotel space the hospitality business and all that so you uh, you are always in the you know um, in in your face there yeah. is like so many kind of uh, you know uh distractions and yeah. uh, all that so how do you um and f- like you said even if you said no 10 times or you know 15 times and yeah. the 16th time you yeah. ended up indulging giving. giving in so you are yeah. kind of you feel like you are back to square one yeah. so how do you how did you kind of finally you know um it was there anything that kind of helped you deal with it yeah so i gamified it mm. i gamified it like food versus me mm. and i'm not saying all food of course i'm saying these three these four elements of sugar alcohol maida and i gamified it and i said let's see who wins today you know it was like nirupa versus sam <laughs> <laughs> so i could say no to sam like like i said 10 12 times but if i gave in the 13th time i still lost right so i kind of gamified it you know and i realized you don't have to do it for extended periods of time you have mm. to do it till you lose the weight right. which could be 3 months 4 months 5 months and then you can go back mm. to some indulgence like then giving in like 10% 20% of the time mm. is is fine i think maintaining is a lot easier than losing right weight so when you're on the weight loss period i think then you need to be fairly strict if you really want to see results right but if you're in the maintenance phase i think you can eat a bit of everything and your body is quite forgiving in moderation yeah i yeah. think your body is quite forgiving if you're uh, doing moderate exercise and eating or giving into indulgences 20% of the time mm. i think your body is pretty forgiving but if you really want to get into weight loss mode then i think you have to be very strict right. and like i said i just gamified it and i would just say nirupa versus sam and see who would win more number of that times. is awesome and i won more number of times i didn't see any change right. on the scale yeah no yeah. that is that is brilliant yeah. gamification yeah. that way yeah. really helps so you have uh, i mean as i think uh, you know women have this um a, a superpower of uh, you know being able to give birth mm. but that also is like you said twice you during the pro- whole process yeah. it is a very difficult process it right is. and that uh, so you had to go through that twice and that whole gaining weight and trying to lose weight and all that yeah. but you, what are the key lessons that you learned during you know this uh, twice uh, you know you mean from a weight loss perspective correct yeah i think somebody had told me you know it doesn't matter how much weight you gain during pregnancy just lose it within the first year ah so i think i took that advice very seriously and i gained a lot of weight during my pregnancy because also i had a lot of um, like nausea and like um i couldn't exercise like some women can do yoga some women can you know somehow maintain some physical activity i think my i gave because i knew i was not exercising or working towards some goal i just moved into work mode and i just worked very long hours during my pregnancy so i had very little activity mm. because i noticed that the days i worked uh, or walked 
10,000 steps a day, I actually didn't gain weight. Hmm. But the weeks went by when I didn't walk 10,000 steps a day, then I would gain weight during my pregnancy. So I, the weight was managed when I could walk at least 10,000 steps, which I didn't do very often, hmm. quite frankly. The second learning was um, whatever you gain, lose, in the lose first it year. in the first year. Yeah. Um, it was much easier on my first time. The second time I was in my late 30s, I was like 37. Hmm. And I found it a lot harder to lose that last four or five kilos. Right. Um, it took a little longer than one year, but mm. it's okay. You know, I think that no, last four or five is okay. Yeah. It's, you, you know, you're, you, you somewhat resemble, you start resembling yourself. So if you gain 25, you lost 20. Right. That last five is okay mm. to lose. Anyway, yeah. 10, 12 kilos you lose Correct. within a month or two mm. of delivering. So it's just the balance 10 kilos that you need to address. And then, like I said, the food becomes very important, your activity levels. And I think as you're feeding the child, like breastfeeding the child, that you um, you don't gain weight, too, you don't gain too much weight then because you're, again, you're expending energy. And then I think that's mainly it, yeah. Four, yeah. four main rules, I would Correct. say. Correct. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. One, the main thing that uh, struck me was like, trying to lose weight within the, you know, first year of... Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would say... You don't, you can't really focus on weight loss in the mm. first six months. You have other things to worry about. Right, the breastfeeding so, yeah, and all that. Yeah. I would say, so when I say first year, I would say the first six months, I really, that was not my focus at all. Right. It was feeding the child, breastfeeding the child, making sure that, you know, you're just getting used to everything. The child needs you 100%. Right. So weight loss was not a goal at all in the first six months. I would right. say in the next six months when, right. you know, a schedule or a routine is formed, I think the next six months is when... I think you can put in, you know, go for a walk with your baby in a stroller and you can manage uh, some amount mm. of weight loss. So, and it, it honestly comes down to moderate exercise, which I think most people can get. Yeah. But I think it's the food that really is a struggle for many, you know. True, uh, true. Yeah. Great. So now coming to um, the sport aspect, yeah. right? So how, when and how did you get into triathlons? things so I joined uh, so like I said I started running post the first child maybe when I was 34 mm. um, and uh, I joined a runner's club called uh, runners 360 mm. Karnad. Yes. so he was my first running coach mm. and of course he was recommended to me by another friend Jeevak Shetty mm. I, do you know Jeevak I heard I think so Jeevak was like i I asked him, he was running and he was doing a lot of cool things. And I asked him, like, where are you training? And he said, Shreyas, but I'm not going to introduce you. He thought I wouldn't be dedicated enough to um, join this club. And he's like, if, you're not, if you don't show up, like, I'm going to be very embarrassed. So show up. Mm -hmm. So I, I joined Runners 360. Shreyas was my first running coach. And the, a whole, the whole world of running and endurance sports opened up to me because I think there were at least like 50 people that would meet on Tuesdays, Thursdays and sometimes on Saturdays um, at Cabin Park at 5.25 when was precisely. This? I think this was about uh, eight years ago. So when I was 34 right. or so. Hmm. Um, after yeah, seven, eight years, after my yeah. first child. Hmm. And um, I think that opened up the world, you know, when you would go and we would do short runs and I would talk to so many people and they would talk about triathlons. And I'm like, what is what is a triathlon? And people would, you know, explain it to me. And I was like, wow, that's so amazing. Like, you know, and 
I, I, I just hope that at one day, like I'll be able to do a full Ironman. Like, you know, that was like, I can't do it now. I can't even dream of doing it now. It's not even a goal for me now. But one day I hope I do it. And I, after uh, doing more endurance uh, events, I think my first 10K I did when I was 35. My very first 10K, I actually did only when I was 35. I did the Pinkathon uh, uh, 10K and I think I did, came in the top 1%. So I did it sub 55 minutes, 54 minutes, 50, 45 seconds or something yeah, like definitely that. Definitely faster than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was then. Yeah. Um, and then when I, and then I did a half marathon, then I did a one key swim. I had a swimming coach. His name is Satish. Do you know Satish Mata? Yeah. Swim life. Mm -hmm. uh, so he started training me for swimming. So I did a one key swim in Goa, really enjoyed it. Did it in like some 25 minutes or so. Um, and then this whole world of triathlons, you talk to people, right? Everybody's like, oh, you just have to start cycling and you can do a triathlon. And uh, I remember at that stage thinking, you know, one day I want to do one, maybe not anytime soon, because I've never cycled really in my life, never cycled in my life. Like mm. even as a child, I think I had a tricycle, but never a, a, a two wheel bike. It <laughs> was always three wheels. And uh, so then I was like, uh, Maybe when I'm 40, you know, like I'd like to gift myself the fitness to do a full Ironman. Hmm. At when I'm 40, and this was when I was 34, 35, right. you know, so like five years ahead, I was like, okay, there's no way I can do it now. Maybe when I'm 40, I'll gift myself this goal of doing an Ironman, which for me seemed impossible at that time. Right. Yeah. So you, you know, you had that goal, but how did, what are the steps that you took to kind of, and when did you finally start taking that step, you know, getting the uh, cycle and yeah. start cycling yeah. and all that. So, like I said, 35, I'd done my first 10K. I think that day I did, a that year, I also did a Kaveri Trail uh, half marathon. Mm. Then I did that Goa one kilometer swim. So, I think at that point in time, I realized I just need to get a bike. And uh, I'd never cycled before. So, I went to Bums on the Saddle, picked up like a um, a specialized basic bike. Um, so I said, give me whatever you have, you know, sub one lakh because I didn't want to spend too much at that point in time, found something. And I started, I literally signed up for Tonur tri triathlon, oh, sprint yeah. distance. So the sprint is smallest, yeah. shortest form. Perfect. So it was only 750 meter swim, uh, of 20 kilometer bike and a 5k run mm -hmm. and uh, swimming also I see while I had jumped into a pool before I'd never really done could not do more than one breath at a time mm -hmm. like I'd like be huffing and puffing right. so I gave it I think I had about five months you know to train for the tonur it was in September that year 2018 or so I 2017 or 2018 I can't I think 2017 right and um, I just so five months I trained from zero like okay running was somewhat okay so the fi 5k i knew i would be able to do it um the swim i trained literally from doing one breath to 750 meter or one kilometer swim and i think within two couple of months two three months i was able to do it but i, I was doing it in a pool not in open right. water yeah. and then the bike i literally i think i did five practice rides on a bike yeah. Like I practiced, I did 100 kilometers and I went for the race. <laughs> so the bike was really the scary part for mm. me. Getting on, getting off on a road bike with traffic. I was really scared of that. So I did the Tonur, which was a sprint distance. And in my category, the good thing is there are hardly any women. There were like three women. 
and uh, I lost my way because there were like trees everywhere. There was not good, like enough signage. I went past the turning point. And so I was like cycling, cycling. I cycled five kilometers extra. So instead of doing 20, I had to cycle 30. Because five out and five back. And because there were only three people, I came third. (laughs) (laughs) So I kept telling myself, listen, you should just have to complete it. You just have to complete it. Uh, And the run was a bit tiring because I had not trained for two hours of cardio for that. So I felt like a total champion uh, of finishing that Tono race. And uh, it was good. And that's how it started. But by then, like I said, I was 35, 36. I was also somewhat fit, but I didn't do any long distance stuff. And then at 37, I had my second child. Right. And then it took about 38. Probably that was COVID year. 2020. Right. So I restarted uh, cycling only when I was in 2020. So before that, I'd literally done 130 kilometers of biking <laughs> in my life. So in during COVID, all the roads were shut. Right. So we, a bunch of friends and I, we created a group called the Weekend Warriors. Right. And every Sunday, we would just go cycle. So first 20K, 30, 40, 50. And it got to, and then we even hit like, I hit my first 100K, I think in 2021, like literally I'd done only 100K in my life. And that was in 2021. So slowly, you know, I got, it's pretty good. Uh, and then I said, okay, why don't, now that the cycling is taken care of and doing 40 kilometers, not a problem for me. I signed up for Croatia Olympic distance triathlon. Mm-hmm. So the Croatia Olympic was double the distance of the sprint triathlon. Correct. So from one 750 meters swim, you go up to 1.5K swim. Then um, 40k bike 40K bike and a 10k run. So I signed up for Croatia. Actually, I signed up for something else. But then I got COVID. Hmm. So in the middle, I was really good with my bike and I was cycling fairly well. And then I got COVID and I had that uh, Delta virus one, which yeah. um, couldn't like walk for like more than five minutes. Um, it took me a good two, two and a half months to actually recover from from uh, from from tiredness mm. otherwise i could only walk so one month of just covid where no exercise was there but uh, i used that time pretty wisely i was like bedridden almost but mm. i used it to fix i had like diastasis recti because of my pregnancy so just did a lot of core mm. exercises to bring my uh, stomach muscles in together and then i just started very taking baby steps and i uh, worked towards the croatia uh, ironman in uh, 2021. Right. And I was 38 at that point in time. So so I had told myself 38 Olympic, 39 half and 40 full. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I was working towards that. Right. Um. So that's how it went. And each time I took, I had only five months to train. Like I would somehow, if I was given the luxury of time, I never took it seriously. I would all, always prioritize something else over Ironman training. So like, you know, work is was super busy. And I would never give it the focus and the time and the energy it required, you know. So um, I think each event, I've actually given myself only four to five months to train for each event. Right. And uh, just scale up from there. Right. So that the, you did a sprint try. Sprint uh, was in... Uh, 2017. Yeah. And then uh, then you got... The next one was only 2021. 2021. my second child. The Olympic distance. Yeah. And then you, um, you know, so 2021 and then 2022. 22, you... I did uh, the Dubai half Ironman. So that was six months later. 
Right. Like my body took one month, one and a half months just to recover from the Olympic distance. Hmm. And you know, there my swim was really bad. It was a uh, open water, choppy, slightly choppy waters. I had a massive panic attack in the middle of the ocean. I was swimming, 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 and there I had self-seeded myself. And I knew I was one of the slowest, so I put myself at the back, hmm. thinking I don't want to be. uh you know punched and kicked in the face i said let me go aram say i'll go in the last segment mm. so halfway through i'm going and suddenly i turn back and look and there's nobody there <laughs> i was the last person in the water mm. and i was like what the hell this is so scary and everybody else was far ahead of me and i was like ready to call it even the boat that was there with the last number of swimmers was on the way out mm. um but i knew my daughter was waiting there my older daughter was waiting at the at the end of the swim course I was like you know for her sake let me just do something and just get the hell out of this water so somehow managed and somehow managed to do it within the cut off time and uh, so then the the bike was also extremely hard like everybody says flat 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 mm. but you know the wind is so much there's wind factor is there basic baby hills are there right um so i found the bike extremely hard like i was like racing against time for each of the each of the uh, uh, sectors yeah and literally it was a 4 hour cut off for the olympic distance mm. and then i literally made it within like 15 20 minutes of the cut off <laughs> but i was happy oh, mm. but actually i was not happy then i thought i'll be one superhero champ right. and finish like in 3 hours 15 minutes or 3 and a half hours and like I couldn't because mm. I was not used to that terrain. I was not used to the open water, and I should have been happy with the time I did. But I was so unhappy with because I had set some expectations unreasonably high uh, that I was very unhappy after that event. Mm. So I, re- I I decided after that my next l- big learning was like have zero expectations from an event. Mm. Just go, have fun, enjoy yourself. Doesn't matter the time. Just. cross the finish line because it's not like i'm trying to hit podium right. or like even if i struggle for the next 20 years i'm not going to beat <laughs> anybody there it's not right. going to happen you know i've started too it's too little too late right. too late in life rather yeah we we we're doing it for uh, you know staying fit yeah. and fun yeah. uh, and it is not our bread and butter yeah. so you know you know work and that's that it's right? like i was like i and i had a holiday planned after croatia so that's my other fun done life like mm-hmm. go do i and mans and plan a holiday after that like mm-hmm. anyway you need to relax so you've earned yourself a good holiday so right. go to iron mans in different countries uh go see that country after you finish it you know you'll be so relaxed and you'll feel in a good mood but after croatia i was so unhappy with my performance i had a crappy holiday even though like oh. the place was so beautiful and family was there my parents my in-laws my kids my sister i could have just had such a good time right So next time after I did Dubai I was like I don't care what my timing is if I cross that finish line I'm celebrating. Right. <laughs> no that's a that's a, a an important lesson for yeah. you know everyone of us to remember right. Yeah and I was like I have so much to be thankful for like you have a body that is fit enough to do this lot of people don't have that luxury you know you have the luxury of uh being able to financially manage this you mm. have the luxury of having friends to do it with you have family to support you family that is taking care of your kids so so much to be grateful for why are you feeling unhappy that you didn't beat this time like right. big deal yeah. yeah that's a yeah. great uh, lesson yeah. to take forward yeah. so how was your dubai uh, you know 70.3 right 70.3 yeah 
So again, I had like three months or four months to train for it because Croatia was in October 2021. Dubai was in March, early March. Hmm. And I took a bit, month and a half for my body to just recover. Like even if I told myself, go run, my body was not running. So I was just like, forget it, just rest it out and then restart. Uh, again, I, I think I had a second bout of very mild COVID in January. Hmm. So... And the event was in March, first week of March. So it was again touch and go for me. But I think Dubai, the swim was really good. I think initially, I, 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 it's a tendency. I think I started to get a panic attack with the wetsuit was tightening around my neck and a lot of big European guys, you know, trying to swim on top of you. And initially the swim was not so pleasant. Right. But I was just like, you know what? One stroke at a time, mm. one stroke at a time. Just put one hand in front of the other. And I finished the swim and I was so relieved I finished the swim because it was really far out mm -hmm. and it was a one almost 2k swim. And I had not done that in an open water ever. So was I think when the swim got done, I think I almost cried with like relief. Then I went, changed into my uh, whatever cycling gear, started the cycle. Again, Dubai is supposed to be a super flat and fast course. Mm. But uh, on the way, it was 45 minutes out, uh, sorry, 45 kilometers out, 45 kilometers in. The 45 kilometers out was so, like, headwinds were so strong that I was going extremely slow. And again, a lot of people over, overtaking me. And I, I had, again, a road bike. I had not yet uh, gotten onto aero bars or anything like that. Yeah. So I think I was very resistant to the wind. Mm. Uh, huge was like really struggling and somehow again, just one pedal in front of the other. And I was just pushing myself, talking to all the participants who were as slow as me. And then finally, when we did the turn at 45 kilometers, the tailwinds were with you. Right. So luckily it was like then much, flying. much faster <laughs> flying. I mean, relatively flying. Yeah. Um, but um I started getting cramps. Like mm. I started feeling the cramps and I was like, God, just get me to the finish line of the cycling. Um, and I was one of the last few, mm. but Dubai and uh, the traffic started coming into the cycling lanes. So towards the last few kilometers, I think the four or five kilometers, I actually had to navigate a bit through traffic, which was super scary for me because I'm not, I was not very confident. I just started the cleats. Right. I, I didn't, I just won cleats for the first time, like not first time, but for Dubai for an event. And I was super nervous about that. So anyway, somehow I was like, just get like hand over your bike. <laughs> so did that. And then the run for me started at like 12 in the afternoon by the time I got to it. And I was again pushed pretty back in Dubai because it starts at seven. Mm -hmm. By the time I was in, got pushed towards the end in the line, it was, I started 7.45, 7.50. So one of the last few to start, one of the last few then to finish also. Nice. So as I was starting my run, people had finished the race, taking the medals, going away. And I was like, oh God, I have to start now. So that is hard, you yeah. know, like it's, you know, if, it is hard to be one of the last few also because right. you're like, everybody's done. Like, how do you stay motivated? Mm. Like, it's easy to be motivated when there are many people along with you. Correct. But luckily, I think the run was a couple of loops, mm. two loops. Or I can't remember, like maybe two loops, I'm mm. going to say. Mm. So at least like there were some people on the second loop, but the last loop got a little lonely. Right. <laughs> and then somehow got myself around on the finish line, did it in about seven hours, 40 minutes. Mm. And yeah, I would have loved to do it faster, right. but I didn't. Mm. But 
taking from my previous experience, I was really happy. And yeah. I think just the attitude shift, yeah. I was just so happy, you yeah. know. I was really happy that I had finished it, mm. um, despite all obstacles that come your way. Right. Yeah, th- I mean, that that is something that, uh, you know, all of us need to uh, learn, right? Uh, that... Uh, you know taking the lessons from one event to the other and, yeah you know and some people didn't finish you know like I would rather finish take my time and finish than not finish right so I was just like my attitude was different from Croatia and I had the best time I had I was so so grateful actually for the opportunity to be able to do whatever we did right so now coming to the full thing <laughs> right the you know yeah a full iron man yeah it's 3.9 kilometer swim, yeah, yeah. 180 kilometer bike <laughs> and 42 kilometers yeah. full marathon yeah. at the end of it. So, you know, for me, it it sounds really scary. Although yeah. I've, I've known friends, many, many friends doing like multiple times. And, you know, it's never really, you know, something that is that we need to take it lightly uh, for me. Right. So how how what was the training for that? And yeah. how did it go? So, it, I mean, again, life, I think, throws you a lot of curveballs. And mm. I feel like that is why we need to be grateful every step of the way. So I finished um, Dubai in March 2022. I, like I said, I was 39. Mm. And uh, I told myself, 40, full Ironman. So I had till October, which is when my birthday is. And uh, so I had signed up for Copenhagen uh, full Ironman in August of 2022, Mm. just before my 40th birthday. But uh, I think I finished in March and in April, I had gone for a nice holiday here, there, Spain, you know, came back. And my mom called me and she's like, listen, your dad's not well. Mm. So I had a personal exigency. So my dad was, uh, you know, very seriously not well. Mm. And everything sort of came to a standstill for me. Right. Like, uh, just had to focus on doing what I could for my for yeah. my father. So I think uh, it took him almost like eight, nine months of a lot of treatment, surgeries, this, that and the other. Um, where my fitness and my... Uh, training came to an absolute standstill. Right. Literally, it was hospital kids sleep work, hospital kids sleep work, mm. something in that order for like right. a good nine months. So mm. almost from April till November, I didn't train at all. Right. Zero training. Mm. And April to November, almost nine months, I gained one kilo every month. Right. Because yeah. like I was training for a half Ironman. Mm. Or, I mean, maybe it was 10, 12 hours a week at that point in time, but at least two, 90 minutes a day was what I was right. doing. It came to zero. Right. And I think like with the stress, you're eating junk food, yeah. you're not sleeping very well, your body's not rested. Um, I gained nine kilos. Mm. And in come November, so I had to defer Copenhagen uh, 2022. Mm. I pushed it to 2023. Right. And then I think my dad was a lot better. Mm. Uh, he was fine by about November or so. Right. So I said, okay, he's better now. I can refocus, uh, you know, refocus energies on myself. And uh, so then I told my coach, Arjun Kundikopa, mm-hmm. uh, he's been training me for uh, Dubai and uh, what do you call it? Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Yeah. And uh, he said, okay, fine, let's get on a plan. Mm-hmm. I said, listen, I 
you know i still like i still couldn't do 100% focus so i said let me just run mm. like running for me has always been a bit of a de-stressor right so i just said i'll let me just do one uh full marathon i've never i've never done more than 21 kilometers mm. in my life right. so let me do one at a time so i said let me just do uh, i had said mumbai marathon uh but because i started training in november and my body was so like rusty mm. I was not ready for Mumbai. Mumbai is usually in Jan, right? Jan. Yeah. So November, December, two and a half two months from twenty yeah. one to was difficult. Mm. So I said I'll do Delhi. Mm. So I trained for Delhi. Again, like it was not ideal situation. My work was a lot. I still had hospital visits. You know, still had a lot of things. But I just had about eight to twelve weeks uh, to train. and i literally did my long runs my long runs was one thing i did so it was like a 10k then 15k then 18k then 21k then 25 then 27 and a 30 so seven weeks of long runs some i missed because mm. i was traveling or i yeah. couldn't go because of some other work commitment i had a lot of travel and my schedule does have a lot of travel okay. so the balance weeks i missed due to travel mm. so literally 7 to 8 weeks is what i trained for the a delhi full and uh, the week before i trained i suddenly got a i, I had twisted my ankle and as i had gone out for a friend's party and i twisted my ankle because i didn't see a step so i hadn't so it, if today is sunday and the race was next sunday i twisted my ankle on sunday morning monday tuesday wednesday i was resting it out thursday was starting to feel better but i got a back spasm like you know when your neck you can't turn it right like, you wake up, uh, you wake up with a stiff neck stiff or something neck. yeah you can't turn <laughs> and it thursday friday saturday thursday friday i thought it'll go mm. but it and i went for a couple of releases i thought it'll go it didn't go saturday i'm like shit what do i do the flight is today and so anyway i said chalo take the flight it, we'll see yeah. what to do reached delhi and the flight landed with a bang like you know a little rocky and my whole back like wasn't so much of pain like i almost like i was literally shedding tears it mm. wasn't that painful Then I reached the hotel and I started called a couple of doctors. I said, "What do I do? Give me some muscle relaxants." So popped a few pills. Went to bed by nine o'clock in the night. Woke up at two thirty in the morning. Uh, popped some more Dolo six fifties. <laughs> reached uh, was supposed to reach the venue at three thirty or three fifteen. I was like, "Who's going to reach the venue so early?" Mm. It's the race is only at four fifteen. Yeah. So I took a cab at three thirty. I was staying close by, and when but all the roads were closed off because Delhi Marathon is in the heart of, yeah. I think, in the heart of the city. Right. Then I had to run two kilometers to reach <laughs> the start line. I reached the start line at four thirteen. Right. And the start and the flag of four fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> and then I start running. Um, and I was like, okay, whatever. Now just enjoy the enjoy the event. Yeah. Um. the the energy the coolness of the 4:15 in the morning being with like i don't know how many people were there maybe 2000 yeah, yeah should be like that it was fun i just uh, ran and uh, i remember when i was doing my trial runs 25 was the max i was running mm. the when i did 27 i walked the last 2 kilometers when i did 30 i walked the last 7 kilometers <laughs> so or to last 5 kilometers and uh, So I had literally run twenty five kilometers before, but somehow that day, I managed to run throughout. I stopped at every aid station, so I stopped each. There was one every uh, uh, kilometer, okay. I yeah, think, okay. every kilometer. Okay. So on the either side, mm. so you could stop on either side. Right. 
I stopped 20 times two bathroom breaks because I was just like I'm enjoying the moment effect yeah. as long as before I had the time of okay let me finish it sub 5 hours sub 5 hours around be with my neck pain this pain that pain I said boss just complete <laughs> it complete it you know and be happy if you just complete it yeah but you know the energy the vibe it was a very well planned event mm. I finished it in about 4 hours 45 minutes oh, nice. yeah nice. so it's, again really happy yeah. Yeah. and that's how it started I just did the running first started cycling only i finished huh? march april my body was again like not responding mm. like yeah you know it needed recovery time and then i march april then may i started cycling may june july is when i really cycled mm. again i had never cycled more than 100k before that right so may june july 12 weeks yeah. i did like first 60k 80k 100 uh 100 15 125 135 150 165 180 165 150 12 right. that's all i did yeah so uh, in all my life in 40 years of my life i'd cycled 100 kilometers <laughs> and in 3 months i did like 1000 kilometers <laughs> so literally cycled like 14 1500 kilometers in those 3 months right and i went and swimming that was the uh, swimming was the i was okay i was doing about 2.7 3k by myself hmm. but i was doing a lot with a lot of breaks in hmm. the last one month i think in the month of july i went to a 50 meter pool i was swimming in a 20 meter pool so i went to a 50 meter pool and i did uh 4k's four times yeah. like a 4k four yeah. times so first it was 1000k into four then it was 2k into two hmm. then it was uh 3k plus 1k and then it was 4k yeah so that's that so it was literally from literally 5 6 months of hardcore training right and how how did the event itself go event was mm beautiful yeah yeah <laughs> like i said i was like just cross the finish line so my yeah. coach i was honestly training the bare minimum i could i mm. work was also hectic i could not drop the ball on work in those five in those five months of training i was traveling at least for five weeks mm. so like there yeah. were weeks where i just didn't do my what i was supposed to do as per plan and my coach was like listen i know you're supposed i know you're just trying to cross the finish line mm. but at the way you're going you're not going to even cross the finish line mm. you're not going to do it right. and i got so depressed i didn't train for another week then <laughs> <laughs> finally i was like okay pick yourself up and get down to it right and finally i think the swim uh was a really long loop i remember being very tired during the whole thing and uh but luckily there was a small place in the swim where you could actually stand up and many people were standing up because um the these these guys are all 6 feet tall you know right. so their hands were not letting them swim so i was getting a lot of uh, water in my goggles so i could actually manage to stand up and mm. put my goggles right but i think you know with the iron man i realized it's just it's i realized it's all mental i was like physically i'm not ready for it right physically i was not ready for it my body was not ready for it yeah uh, because i'd done like 3 4 months of training mm. people train for it for like one and a half years two years right. you know i i'm I was going there like a hero and with like 3 4 hours 3 4 months of training mm. and uh, physically I was not ready but I said okay it's mental one step at a time one stroke at a time enjoy the process so the whole time I was just like one stroke st- next stroke you know just focusing on just one stroke at a time one pedal at a time 
Um, so I'd given myself a certain timing mm-hmm. and I said, it, the cutoff in Copenhagen is 15 hours, 45 minutes. I said, boss, after, beyond 15 hours, it's a little shameful. Just keep it... <laughs> sub 15 hours so I had written in a notebook you know like my swim should take one and a half hours my bike should take seven hours 57 hours 15 minutes break or whatever seven hours 15 minutes and the run should take five and a half hours you know uh, the Delhi marathon I'd done in four hours 45 minutes but here I was like okay I'd never after the bike and all the max I had done the longest session I had done was about seven hours and I had done about 160 bike and maybe a 10k run that's the max brick workout I had done. Yeah. That's it. Hmm. And hardly any open water training. Literally, I'd gone to a lake once. <laughs> because going to a lake is half your Sunday. I wake up at five, drive some two hours away, go swim for one hour, come back for two hours. Like, it's yeah. a half day affair. And with yeah. my, I have very young kids, eight and three. Yeah. I didn't have the time to, luxury of time to do that. So literally one or two open water swims, that's it. I think one, actually just one. Yeah. And uh, swim was okay. It was tiring. I think the last 3.2 to 4 was like, when is this getting over? I'm just so done, ready to pee <laughs> out of the water. But somehow pulled through. Mm. And 1 hour 30 I f- was my goal. I finished in 1 hour 34 minutes. Then I had to change, took my leisure. I was so like, again, relieved and everything is so wet. Your hands are trembling mm. with whatever. It took up almost 13 minutes to change. Did the bike. The bike was really... Uh, interesting. I think for me, the bike was the most momentous, like it was the most revealing part of the uh, whole thing for me. Because again, they said flat course and all that, but mm. there were hills. Mm. There were hills. There were, there was uphill, there was, but overall it was a beautiful scenic thing. And I was like, I, I, and you have to, I, I had to finish it. I told myself in about 24.5 or sub 25 kilometers an hour. Mm. I mean, beyond uh, 25 kilometers an hour because that's how the, it was for the cutoff. I had to do it within above 24 kilometers an hour for the mm. cutoff. And see, 24 doesn't sound very high, but for me, all my practice sessions, I've done it at 22, 22 and a half. Right. So I was like, okay, on that day, magically, I'm supposed to do 24 and a half. So I kept telling my coach, I was like, dude, what if I don't do it? Mm. And you know, Ankush uh, Sharma. Yeah. Yeah. So emergency called him and I was like, listen, do some magic. <laughs> Give me some advice. Come cycle with me once or twice. Just tell me something. Tell me what to do. And he made me get on my arrows. He made my arrow bars lower than what they were. And now he, and he taught me one or two like tricks to do. So I used every trick I could. And I was doing pretty well. I was going at around 25 kilometers an hour. And then I had to take a loo break. Hmm. Took a loo break. And that, that three, four minutes that you take or that five minutes that you take sets you back. Right. It actually set me back an entire kilometer. So I was back to 24. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, shit, I won't make the cutoff. I won't make the cutoff. And uh, um, I was just not able to eat my gels. Mm-hmm. I was just feeling very pukish. Right. So I didn't eat any gels. Almost the entire Ironman journey, I must have had like three, four gels. Wow. Whereas you're supposed to have like 16 or yeah. 16 or whatever mm-hmm. of them. Um, I was eating like, um, I'd had a lot of dates with salt uh, in them. A friend of mine had given it. Uh some what else did I eat just like uh, water with my electro electrolytes that's mm. about it and then I I was doing okay and then again I started cramping mm. and then I was eating salt caps I was still cramping and I was like not today mm. not today like just don't cramp because once you cramp and in the VMOs you're done right. you're, you're toast and I didn't have the luxury of time to cramp Correct. and chill, so release it 
I had, I, I was like, I'm running against time here. Mm. So somehow I just told myself one pedal at a time, you know, and I kept telling myself, you're going to be an Ironman today. Today is your day, you know, self-talking yeah. yourself. Yeah. And finally, I was again one of the last to finish the bike. But I finished it in mm. about with 25 minutes to spare. Right. And uh, then it was the run. Now, the run was a different challenge because it's four loops. And every loop, you get a different color band. So mm. people know that you've finished one loop. <laughs> As it is, you're the last. So every time you're passing somebody, you're seeing how many loops <laughs> they have on their hand. And at least, you know, I had company in the first three loops. I had come, it was 10K into four times, or 10 point something. Mm. And uh, uh, it was, and I had not, okay, so this time when I did the run after the uh, Delhi marathon of 42, I told you two months, my body was healing. Right. I didn't train more than 20 kilometers. I should have done a 30 yeah. or a 34 kilometer run. I stopped at 20. I had not done more than 20. So the first 20 kilometers was great. Mm. I did it in my typical pace, sub seven pace, and I was super happy. Mm. But I had not trained for the last 20K. Yeah. And that too, after 180 kilometer bike, when I was just cramping and mm. everything. So the last 20K was a bit of a struggle. Yeah. And that's when like all this negative thoughts start coming in. You're not going to like, yeah, I don't not have enough gas in my yeah. Yeah. Um, How are you going to do it? This is like my knees were paining, mm. you know, everything's pounding on concrete. Yeah. My sister was there. My husband was there. We had a few friends cheering us on. And I think that really helped. I think the cheering, the crowd is phenomenal there. Right. So the crowd was really good. And I think that spurred me another 10. Yeah. But the last 10, like most of people are done. And you can hear, you cross the Ironman. So if you go left, or sorry, if you go right, then you're going to the finishers. But if you go left, you have one more loop. Right. So... You're hearing the guy go, you're an Iron Man, you're an Iron Man, and you're hearing everybody finishing. Right. And you have to go for one more glove. Yeah. Or two more. Like for me, I was hearing it from the first loop. Right. So first loop you hear it, second loop you hear it, third loop, by the fourth loop, you're like, dude, are there gonna be any people left <laughs> when I finish? Uh so the last loop was the real, real mm. test, I would say. Mm. Because there were hardly any people. And I started at 7:30 in the morning. I finished at 10 o'clock or 10.15 at night. And uh, it was dark. Copenhagen, I guess most finishers finish before it gets... It was getting dark by 9, 9.30. Right. So my last loop, there was no street lights. It was pitch black. Wow. I yeah. actually couldn't see where I was going. And uh, in fact, the only way I could see was other people running, some silhouettes of other people running. So I was like, I, there's no way I can do this alone. So I started talking to other people, you know, other yeah. people in yeah. my same condition yeah. as me, um, made friends, you know, some, I started talking to an older gentleman, he was about late 50s and he, how, so we just started talking each other's story because you're like, there's nothing else to do, like, yeah. you, the crowds have dissipated, it's pitch black, you can't see anything, uh, the crowd, the the, run, the athletes have thinned out and uh, so I started talking to this guy, we were sharing our journeys and uh, time went by and towards the end, it was such a beautiful moment because we were and I was stopping at every station. Mm. He was like, okay, Nirupa, let's not stop at the last two stations. Let's just go for it. The last two, yeah. okay, let's just go for it. So he encouraged me to go fast. And the last two K was super fast again, sub seven again. Mm. Um, and then he was like, do you want to go first or should I go first when we reach the red carpet? Right. And I said, age before beauty, <laughs> you go first. Yeah. So he went, had his moment. Yeah. And then I followed, had my moment. And it was... 
Yeah, the Amazing. most. I, I didn't do it before. I I was forty, but I did it before in my fortieth year. Yeah. So it yeah. was that gift that I. I I managed to keep that promise to myself. Amazing, yeah, amazing. Yeah. You know, it's it's not uh, you know how fast you finish or whatever, but the the goal of finishing and you know crossing that finish line itself, right? Yeah, yeah that's that's such a it gives yeah. you such a high. Yeah. Right? And that too, in your case, um, it's like for most of uh, amateur athletes, right? Mm. It is that. uh you have these um, you, you have your full time work you are uh, you know you you ha- you are a mom of two you uh, you know at work also there is a lot of travel involved yeah. it's not like a, a five to nine job yeah. or anything like that so with all these yeah. to um, set yourself goals like this yeah. and you know taking them off yeah. is really a yeah. big thing so how do you kind of um uh, manage this the prioritization how, how does it come into the picture so honestly truth be told i didn't put in the required training like mm. i should have done a lot more but it was really not I mean it was very very tough. Mm-hmm. Um like you said my kids are still young. See some people have older kids. Right. They manage after it's 8 9 years old they're all fine. Yeah. But mine was 3 and 7 at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And both went to different schools. Mm-hmm. So most people I think they were able to wake up early and finish the uh finish their workout bef- and then go to work. Right. For me what happened was I would wake up at 6:15 the first child and and see i'm at work the whole day literally like 9:30 leave the house i don't return till about 7 o'clock right so i the only time i see my kids is in the morning and then in the evening right. so for me the morning routine and the night routine is super important so i would wake up at 6:15 give the first child uh you know get her ready for school give her a bath talk to her and she would go by 7 and normally i would then be able to go do my workout 7 to 8 8:30 was also okay but then the next child would wake up and she'd have to go to school by about 8:15 and then after by the time you drop her to school come back it's 8:30 and then it's too late to get in a full workout mm-hmm. so i would just squeeze in like a half an hour 45 minutes workout during the day and right. then go to work uh you know you have to reach work at least by like 9:30 to yeah. 10 sometimes so if i squeeze in a workout i reach only by 10 right so squeeze in a half an hour 45 minute workout and i would tell my coach you know can you just give me a 45 minute workout if you tell me one hour i won't be able to do it because mm. you know you have to warm up 10 minutes then you have to do a 40 minute workout it's almost 50 minutes whereas if you get a one hour workout it's almost one hour 15 minutes mm. i was like i can't do it so just give me a short 40 minute workout mm. so literally i did only 40 minutes on the weekdays 40 minutes to an hour on the weekdays and weekends so one hour one hour so five hours then weekends i would do 2 to 3 hours so 5 plus 3 8 and uh, sundays again i would do 2 to 3 hours and i slowly scale that up to about 6 to 8 hours mm. so um at a minimum like for those 12 weeks i was doing about 8 to 10 hours usually the last one month i scaled it up to about 14 hours mm. so actually this is i think the bare minimum one can do right and if you ask me i would not want to do a full like it was very stressful like mm. if you don't do your workout you feel crappy about yourself yeah. you know and then you you know you're doing a short workout mm. then if you miss that workout for whatever reason okay your child is sick or you have to get into work uh, early or you have to stay at work late or after travel to wherever i need to travel for work 
you miss a workout you're really shortchanging yourself and my body took a, like i don't think it was easy on my body to do that full iron man especially right. like um i feel like i'm still recovering it's been 2 months and i feel like i still have a few niggles here and there hmm. i'm not in great pain or anything but yeah. i have few niggles you yeah. know like it's still healing yeah. uh, so if it were up to me i would wait till at least both my kids go to the same school which yeah. for me is another 3 years away and then do the full ironman and then i feel i can do justice to the training because mm. it requires a certain rigor yeah. it requires you to do 90 minutes a day mm. so even whether it's 7 to 8:30 or 5:30 to 7 or whatever it is it requires 90 minutes at least on weekdays and it requires 3 to 4 hours on saturday and it requires 4 to 8 hours on sunday that's what it requires correct but i i was not able to give it all that mm. and that is why i mean it showed in my timing mm. but it's okay like yeah. i did what i could uh, i did it to the best i could i'm really proud yeah. um because it was crazy and work i cannot drop the ball right i cannot drop the ball at work yeah. my work is my temple for me so of course yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, you know what are the learnings that um you know before i say i ask this question i to say you know it is um not about the timings when you are um you know it it's all about perspective right yeah. like uh, you know the uh, how you how crappy you felt after your croatia yeah. stuff yeah. and then you know that perspective shift is what kind of uh, ensure that your holidays are not you know the mood of your holidays are not determined by yeah. the timings yeah. or whatever yeah. right so that is important right yeah. we have to live life uh, you know to the best of our abilities yeah. right yeah. uh, so well done on that uh, so what are the learnings that uh, you you know from sport that you take to work and that you know how they help I think what I really like about sport is the is the rigor of it mm. the discipline it forces you to have mm. like everything like if you don't put in the work it shows right like there are days i'm just saying you go out and you go partying one night next day you try to run it's going to show right you go eat some nice pav bhaji and or some masala fry event the night you know the day before mm. and you try to work out the next day it's going to show right I think I love the rigor of that like it's I think performance is almost commensurate with the hard work put in mm. um I like that aspect so it makes I think it forces you to work hard it forces you to work towards a goal it forces you to be mentally tough like accept failure accept that progress is not linear mm. you know every year we all have annual goals no 20% increase from yeah. last year yeah <laughs> it's not going to work like that life yeah. doesn't work like that yeah. you know it might work like that for for some time but mm. progress is not linear you'll have the highs you'll have the lows right and i it's taught me to take things in my stride mm. i'm able to take the highs and the lows with equal measure right because i know whatever goes up also has to come down at some point so life and sport humbles you right i was just telling i was in sri lanka for the last one week and we tried surfing <laughs> and i was like it's a really fun but humbling experience the water just the waves just baby waves will just throw you and toss you around into the ocean right. it's a humbling experience mm. and i think sport is humbling mm. um whatever you practice on that day how does your body react and it's not about it's not like an exam you can cram for last minute it's boss it's what have you done in the last 3 to 6 to 1 year right you know 
So it's so much to learn. Patience, right? You results don't show immediately. So resilience of the mind, put in the work patiently, trust the process. Like it's never. It's I can go on and on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, trusting the process, I think, is the most important. Uh, Hmm. aspect like right there's a process there's a method and i keep saying anybody can be an iron man from today give you if you are a couch potato couch potato to iron man not more than 2 years i would say hmm. anybody can go do an iron man just trust the process follow a plan you'll do it yeah it's not rocket science yeah yeah so you see the similarities between business and uh, like uh, uh, sport mm. right and the like you said the resilience and all that right yeah. come into the picture so uh, do you do you see the other way around as well the the, the work feeding your uh, attitude at sport how how, how does that uh, or is it only the one way No, I'm sure work um I don't know. I think yeah. I think sport gives back so much more. Like work is right. just see work is great. Right. But it work also humbles you. Work also teaches you to be patient. Work also you know, there's a method to the madness. It's similar. Mm. But I think the learnings are so much quicker in sport. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I just it's so easy to see, mm. you know? Like in work I feel like you have a team behind you uh yeah. you know one good person can negate the performance of maybe another person i don't know yeah. it's more a team sport i would say work is a team sport iron man is a very individual right. thing yeah yeah and like any team sport hmm. while you are as strong as your weakest link it will show but somehow like of course work teaches you like like i said work also the learnings are similar right. I mean that is just life also teaching you right yeah. it's not necessarily just work it's just life life teaches you all these things correct ups downs um you know being patient riding the wave i've had to ride the wave like you go through a negative period you ride the wave yeah. and you know that okay just ride it out it's a bad time ride it out there'll be a good time right be patient life teaches you that work i think whatever life teaches you you have to apply to work right. of course i'm sure there are a lot of learnings you know but for me i gain so much from sport that i'm able to see uh what it gives me right. and i'm better at work because of my sport yeah yeah, yeah. and also uh, do you think the uh, sport also feeds into the family life and kind of uh, it teaches you lessons there i i remember you uh, telling uh, the you know uh, in the croatia swim while you wanted to give up you remember that uh, yeah. your daughter was waiting, yeah, yeah, yeah. right and it kind of you know it's a beautiful moment that yeah. i can't give up by no, she's someone You know? She's waiting there watching me. Right. She'll think I, you know, I don't want her to think I drowned or something if right. I don't come out. Right. No, that's uh, it's beautiful, right? The way sport teaches and kind of uh, in all pa- all aspects of life, yeah. right? Yeah. It's it's um, it's it's humbling, it's also elating at times and uh, it teaches us so much. Yeah. So, um <clears throat> now with all uh, what next for you in all this? Uh what next so now i think i've done the distance hmm. i've gone the distance i don't think i'm interested in doing any longer some ultra de- you yeah. know and <laughs> or something yeah i think now my focus is to get faster hmm. like i've done the distance i did what i set out to do right. i reached what i set out to reach 
Um, now for me, I think I'd like to focus more on performance, on technique and just getting faster and getting better. So um, I want to do smaller events. Like I said, I don't think I'll do another Ironman till both my kids go to school at, at the same time. Yeah. And I can devote at least 90 minutes a day on a weekday to it. Mm. Otherwise, I'm not doing myself um, any good and I'm not doing justice to what the training requires. Sure. So I said, maybe do a few half Ironmans in the middle, like yeah. next two, three years, do half Ironmans and get faster there. And I'm sure that will help translate to my full Ironman distance when I do it the next time. Yeah. So that's the plan. That's the long plan is to do um, half Ironmans for the next three years. Just I do only one event a year because like I said, I have work commitments and it, it take, detracts a little bit. Yeah. So I uh, want to, I can give only one event where I'm focused on that thing. So yeah. I do one event a year. Uh, I'll do half Ironmans the next three years. And then hopefully another full and hopefully by then I'll be much faster and better. But as a lead up to the uh, to something and I like to keep smaller goals, you know, smaller fitness goals. I think I'm just that person. I need small goals to keep myself motivated, something to work towards. Right. And like I said, that also translates to work. Like I need goals at work to like perform, achieve, yeah. you know. Um, so I think we'll do Mumbai, Mumbai Marathon. That's the next in line, but I haven't started training yet. And we're already in November yeah. and it's in mid-Jan, I think. So I have two and a half months. Yeah, I'm sure you will do well there. But um, it's been a fantastic conversation, Nirupa. Thanks. Uh, before we wind up, uh, what are some of the tips that you would give, uh, you know, working athletes uh, to do well at work, sport and life in general? I think anybody who's a working athlete already knows what they want to do. <laughs> I think what's helped me is uh, I had to change my lifestyle a bit. Mm. Early to bed, early to rise. That's the key thing. Um, like I said, I think the nutritional bit about breaking up with Sam, that I would... That is beautiful. That is yeah. important. Because, uh, and then I would also say, while you're working and while you're doing your sport, I think it's, you know, a lot of people tend to forget the world around them. They're so focused on themselves and this is my reason, my event. They tend to forget the entire support network around them. You know, you need still time with your kids. You need still time with your husband. You need still time with your parents, your friends. And I would say don't forget those relationships. I think I'm also trying to work and be better at that because just trying to manage a young family, work and a sport, Sometimes I just don't have time to go out. I don't have time to hang out with friends. And at some point later in life, nobody cares yeah. how many Ironmans you did. Nobody gives a damn except you. <laughs> so I think those relationships, keeping that alive is equally important. Like, like I know a lot of athletes just forget. Hmm. They're not, they don't have the time to give to other people. And I think that's one thing I'm trying to get better at, giving more time to other people. I think that's yeah. my takeaway. And amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Nirupa. It's been a fantastic uh, conversation. Thank you for taking the time and spending, uh, you know, sharing your experience with the working athlete. Thank you for having me. It's been a fun, fun conversation. Thank you. That was my conversation with Nirupa. I hope you enjoyed that. If you are enjoying these podcasts and are finding them useful, please consider supporting the podcast by subscribing to it on YouTube as well as on your favorite podcasting app. It really helps. Also, supporting the sponsors of the podcast is a great way to support the podcast itself. 
Thanks again for your continuous support. See you next week with another guest.